Today on the Know Your Gear podcast, we're going to be hanging out with Mark Tremonti and talking amps and his new album. He is a huge gear enthusiast. I reviewed the MTV 15 when it first came out. Uh, yeah, I bought one as soon as it came out and I liked it a lot. However, here's the thing I couldn't believe. They changed it, I want to say a year ago, from the 6L6s to the 5881s. Yeah. I yeah. like that better. It's better than the 6L6s. Yes. Yes. And I was, I was, uh, I remember getting a call from Paul and he's like, Mark, I got bad news. The place, the factory where we get our 6L6 tubes just burnt down. And it's so funny, you, not funny, but you hear this all the time. All the time. The corn, like the Cornford Amp Company factory burns down. The Marshall Company, you know, you get these, these special um, group of cabinets that are so great, but you can't get them anymore because the damn factory burns down. These factories need to stop burning down and taking away our best musical <laughs> instruments. Um, but in our case, I think we got lucky because I was such a 6L6, nothing else works for me, but a 6L6. So Paul's like, you know, just give, just humor me. I'm going to send you, uh, uh, an amp with the 5881s in there. And it's, it's a Russian 6L6 style based military tube that, um, he's like, we think it's great. He sends it down and I, I was kind of down about it you know i'm like this is not going to be it's not going to be as good i can hear these things it's not going to be as good to me i plugged them in right off the bat i'm like are you kidding me this is actually and i brought my friend i brought john from seven dust over he lives down you know down you know close to me and a couple of my other guitar playing buddies a buddy of mine Wes house came over and uh everybody's like that damn new tube sounds better than the 6l6 it just does and i don't you know Thank, thank goodness, because we couldn't get the we couldn't get them anymore. You know, there's a huge debate uh, it, we, cause, for amps about how much tone the power section is actually creating for you, especially oh, if you're not cranking yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually, you know, what's funny about that amp is that amp is probably the best illustration of what the power section can change on the yeah. amp. Um, okay. we, oh, sorry. No, I'm saying I agree. Absolutely. So will the MT-100 have 6L6s or the 5881s? I'm sticking with the 5881s. I mean, unless oh, wow. unless unless they send me an amp with a tube that I like better, I'm sticking with, with what I got. You know, I, I'm very uh, – uh, once I like something, I I hold on. I cherish it. You know, it's like when I, I had to send back my MT-100 um, last month – to make changes on it. And I, I had to get on the phone with Paul personally and be like, Paul, if I send this back, you got to promise me <laughs> you will not touch it. You cannot change things. Cause it's exact. I love it. And even, even the stuff I want to change about the amp, I don't want you to change on this one because I love what this does. Cause the version I have of the amp right now, it's awesome, magical, but it's not user-friendly on a certain channel. So it's, it's something that if, if some 13 year old kid buys it and turns the volume up too quickly, he's going to blow his head off. Cause it's so, uh, it just needs to be dialed in for, uh, somebody that's just at a guitar shop, twisting knobs. Um, right. right now that channel is, uh, we're dialing it in. It's, it's, that's what's holding us back right now is we're getting this, um, it's a three channel amplifier. Um, every channel is completely isolated. So nothing, nothing waterfalls into the next at all. Um, and the clean channel is incredible for a, for a high gain, uh, amp like this. It's got the best cleans I've ever heard for an amp like this. The dirty channel, 
it's almost like MT15 grew up and became an MT100 and got big and ball, you know, big ballsy, thick right. uh, tone that cuts on the rhythm side and also sings on the lead side. It's that's the toughest challenge for me is to create an amp that goes jump, jump, and also sings when you play leads. A lot of times, a lot of those amps, and I won't name names because I love a lot of them. Back in the day, that I went for that heavy metal guitar tone, the lead tone was always harsh to me. So I had to walk that fine line with uh, dialing this amp in to make sure it does that mean aggressive uh, rhythm muted kind of thing that I like to do, but also is not harsh and it's got a great lead tone. And it, we've nailed that. But the third channel, I told, uh, you know, I told the folks at PRS, I'm like, I want to have this third channel kind of, I want this amp to have everything I'd have at my home studio. Um, the thing I'm missing is that boutique Dumble-esque, overdriven channel. I want to go from a clean and hit the second channel and have it just be a, a nice, warm, overdriven tone that's somewhere in between the, um, the gain structure of the, uh, how the amp uh, flows. Um, so think of, a, uh, think of a Dumble amp. That's what we're going after for the second channel. And it's a tall order because it's the most sought-after amp of all times, the Dumble. So we're trying to create this as just one of the three channels in this amp. And, um, you know, I've seen so many amp companies try to replicate the Dumble and nobody, you know, I've got a lot of folks that have done a great, excellent job, but nobody's nailed that Dumble thing perfectly yet. And I don't know that we will either, but we'll, we're going to try our best. Give two Dumbles? I've had two. I, right now I've got one uh, Fender Deluxe uh, that was modded by, by Dumble. I've got two cabinets. Um, I'm going up to New York on this next tour to uh, to try out a couple of Dumbles for a good friend of mine that has sold about 30 of them over the oh, years. Right. And he said that, that these are some of the best he's ever heard. So um, I got to make sure that I, I sell a car or something if I, if I fall in love with this amp. I always jokingly say this to my buddies that you're the most dangerous guitar player for tone to follow because when I saw you live in Tempe and Wolfgang had joined you guys for a couple shows of course it was amazing sounding it was huge you were always very particular about like this amp is this tone this amp is this tone and this amp is this tone when I heard you know everybody start hurting the rumblings you're going to start making the MT100 that's the first thing that kind of popped in my head it's like oh okay I can imagine you want kind of like everything in this amp so it can just be the one amp you take kind of is that the plan yeah, you know, I'm I'm a big believer, and I don't know if I'll ever get over it, but I love to have two amps going at all times because it's um, uh, it just to me sounds fuller. If I if I take my MT100 and I play it just by itself, it's going to sound great. But if I take an MT100 and I mix it with an Omega Ampworks Granifier and use the best of both amps, it's just going to sound be- better it, to me. You know, it's I'm I'm a big believer in two amps for some reason. It's my entire career. Even if I had the best amp in the entire universe, I can find another amp that's going to partner with it and make it even better. Um, you know, I can mix them at different levels. It's just like being in the studio. Not a lot of producers are just going to take one amp tone and just have that be it. Um, as far as I've always done it, it's always been let me bring in 20 amplifiers. We'll do the shootout. We'll take we'll get the best six in there. We'll track, like on this last record, the MT100 is 80% of my tone, but the Cornford RK100 uh, is about 20% of it on this last record. The Victoria V40 is is about, you know, 20% of the clean tone when the MT100 is about 80. So it's a good mix. You know, it's just 
it supports. You have all these frequencies coming at you, and these different amps with their different setups carry a different frequency range that just fills out the sound of whatever uh, your your other amp is doing. So it's you know less is more when it comes to technical stuff, but 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 two amps together to me is just that magic thing. And I told I told Paul that when when they were talking to me about doing a signature amplifier. I was like, I'm not a one amp person. I, I, I can't, you know, if, if, if somebody else comes out with this incredible amp that, that I'll, I'll play it up with my amp. Um, right. But now, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I just had a friend over um, and we were just going through amps today and we did the whole, let's grab this amp, let's grab that amp, let's grab this cabinet. We just did, we did it for about two hours today. And he had never heard um, a lot of these amps. And he's, he's like, not because your name is on it, but your MT100 is by far the best amp I heard today. So it's been, I do that. Every time I have a friend who knows what they're talking about with tone, I'll come through and I'll give them the amp test and we'll do the blind taste test. And uh, the MT100 and the MT15 have been uh, the winners in the, in, in the rundown. The MT15, I like the, I always love the saying punching above its weight. It punches above its weight. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I like it. There's a couple amps. Uh, there's only, you know, a couple amps that I've learned because that, you know, I review a lot of gear, uh, which is yeah. the new thing, of course, on the internet, right? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and, you know, I've reviewed 800 products at this point, yeah. um, like you, A being to insanity. And it's fun sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes you're just like in your head going, okay, none of this, I got to stop. No, none of this should matter anymore. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but I love the saying punches above its weight for a lot of things. Cause sometimes, you know, you get, you get into that part of your head where you're like, okay, I'm going to try some Bogners. I'm going to try this new Soldano. I'm going to try, you know what I mean? Whatever new, you know, flagship, amazing products out there. And then, you know, people who play, you know, just want to play and looking for good sounds, they'll ask questions. And you got to admit for like 700 bucks, the MT-15 punches way, way above its weight. You know, is it 700 bucks now? I think when it came out, it was 650 bucks. But yeah. um, to me, if you're a kid and you want to sound like, have the best the, to the tone of a guy you see touring on stage who could have any gear he wants. That amp to me sounds like a $4,000 amplifier. It sounds just as, just as good as any $4,000 boutique high gain amplifier. You know, they're all, you know, a lot of them are great at that price point, but the MT 15 stands at 650 bucks right next to the Uber Shaws, the VHTs, the boogies, all those, all the top of the line of those brands. It sounds just as good in my opinion. And I, and everybody that I've, I've done those shootouts with agree. And it's, um, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I think it's, uh, by far the best amp you can get for that, for that price point. Overbuilding the amp, overbuilding the transformer produces the best results. And the MT 15, you could look at those transformers. They're insane. Just, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's transformers are huge. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find a, an affordable badass transformer for the mass market that that's available. But it's, um, it's funny. You mentioned the transformer thing cause we were going through amps, like I said today. And, uh, I was telling them about this RK 100 amp that I have. That's one of my favorite amps of all time. And, uh, it's got the biggest transformer I think I've ever seen in an amp. You know, it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you, but it's, that's the, RK 100's transformer. Oh wow, that's a that's a lot of iron, man. It's massive. <laughs> that being said, it's not as great as the MT 100. The MT 100 is just massive sounding, and it's got two huge. I mean, the, both of the transformers are huge. Um, but it's uh, I can't wait to release it. You know, I just 
it's got to be perfect before it comes out. And uh, we've waited long enough to make sure, you know, we've, we've made sure every, everything is perfect. Cause it's like I said, it's right now it's about the coolest amp in the world for me, but for some kid that's just pulling it off the shelves and doesn't know much about chasing down the tone, he might kill himself with that second channel. Cause those overdrive channels, when you just take the volume up just a couple notches and you've got your gain set too high, the volume just rockets. So I'm going to try to, I've talked to them about try to try to smooth out that, that swell in that volume, no matter where your gain's at. And, uh, uh, we're working on it. So I'm going to go up on this next tour. Um, Doug's going to be nice enough to come in on his day off on Saturday and we're going to go into the factory and, and, and Paul, Paul, I and Doug and, um, Rich are going to get in there and maybe even Bev and, and just try to dial it in even more. Cause we've gone back and forth so many times. It's just so much better when I'm there in person. I've learned uh, through the years that some musicians are talented musicians. Some musicians are talented at design, you know, products and stuff. And, yeah. and some are good at both. You know what I mean? And you seem to have that both thing. You, you, you tend to use your, it seems to me, you seem to use your experience with playing music, recording, you know what I mean? Your ear and you translate that right to design, you know what I mean, for product. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I'm just obsessive about it because it's the better your tone is, I, I feel like, um, like I'm the kind of guitar player who buys 9,000 when I was a kid, 9,000 instructional DVDs and, and, and VHS tapes and books, and I get to maybe four of them, you know, but I feel like the better tone I have, the better guitar player I'm going to be, even if, if that's not the case, but I feel like in my mind, if I can find the best tone, it's going to make me a better guitar player. Um, so it's the neg it's, it's the constant quest to be a better player, um, through better tone. And, um, it just inspires you, you know, like if you plug into, like, I remember when I plugged into Paul Reed Smith's Dumble, his 50 watt Dumble, ever since that day, I've been chasing down the perfect Dumble, you know, cause it just made me, it just was, it was amazing. You know, it's not something I could use live for what I do. It's a different, different monster, but it's, uh, that's, that's been an obsession of mine since the day I played that. And then Paul uh, gave that to somebody and it broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Your PRS single cut uh, is funny to me because without that single cut, I would have never got into PRS guitars. And now if you look at it, that's built a whole like arm for PRS. Your yeah, guitar. You know, it was, uh, you know, the reason it, it came about was they, they send me guitars and, um, I loved them. You know, I loved Paul Reed Smith, but I remember buying one before I was with PRS and um, tried to play it on stage, but I couldn't because all the switches were in the wrong spots. That just felt different. The tone wasn't what I was used to. So um, they sent me another guitar. They sent me another pickup. They sent me this. They sent me that. I was like, I love them all. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not what I what I am. And um, that's when they said, all right, well, why don't we just design you a signature model and then you can have exactly what you want. And at that point it was only me and Carlos. And, uh, just from being, you know, just from sticking it out and, and being picky and getting what you want out of something, I think it's the best way to go about it. Cause I think, uh, when I was much younger, I was approached by, um, Hamer guitars and they, they made good stuff back in the day, but it just wasn't quite, uh, my thing again. And, uh, they, and, you know, early on, there was other companies that were talking about um, endorsement deals. But the Pottery Smith thing, doing that guitar, I'm so glad I was picky about it and got exactly what I want. Because now I get to play 
my favorite guitar. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of guitar players out there that, um, that, um, you know, might not necessarily play their favorite guitar because they have their name on it and because the company could only, uh, you know, maybe it's an SE version or something like that, but it's got their name on it. So they're playing it. I'm lucky enough to have my ultimate guitar with my name on it. And, uh, just being picky as hell got me there. And I think, uh, doing the same thing with the amplifier, just being waiting it out and waiting it out. And you know, as long as it took to get it to where it needed to be, I was terrified to release the amp, to be honest with you. I'm such an amp fanatic that, um, it would have broke my heart if I came out with an amplifier that wasn't received well after I thought this is of all the amp collecting I've done over all the years and all the process of, of hit or missing with all these amps over the years. If I finally came up with this little lunchbox amp that everybody didn't like, I'd feel like, what the, what the hell am I doing with my life and my ears? <laughs> so it was my, one of my greatest moments uh, endorsement wise was when um, Sam Ash came over and and put the uh, best in show at the NAM when it came out. That was a pretty pretty epic moment for me. We'll be right back. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You yeah. feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do you- do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Yo, look, 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 we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I don't lie. play with it. Take that shit serious. When the MT-15 came out, that was the talk of the NAMM show that year. I mean, literally, that was the product to talk about. Not only did the amp sound great, that's, that's a given. I think everybody was blown away by this price point concept. Speaking of the, the price, that's one of the main reasons why I did this amp is because I was very afraid to do a signature amp because I didn't want to um, worry that something else would top it eventually and I wouldn't be able to play it because I had a signature amp. I always want to play my favorite thing. So when I was online one day and I'm just, if I get extra time, I'll sit around and I'll be like top amps in the world, Google, Voodoo. And then I'll see something top selling amps in the world. I'm like, that's interesting. Let me see what that's going on these days. Number one, orange, you know, tiny tear. Number two, this, number two, three, number that. They're all lunchbox amps. The top 10 was all lunchbox amps. And I was like, wait a minute. So why don't I do a low price point amplifier make it the best I can. And then I'm not required to play it on stage if something else better comes along because it's a lunchbox amp and I'll make it the best I can. All my worries were, were silly because now I came up with this amp that I think is my favorite amp in the world. And the MT-100 is going to be something I'll play forever. Um, but, uh, but anyways, my, my goal was to put a five before the price tag. Um, Use 6L6s in it. All the other lunchbox amps were using 6V6s or one, two, you know, one. Yeah, or EL84s. Yeah, or like yeah. one power tube. We're using, you know, we, we loaded that amp up. You know, I wanted that thing to hit the market and just, just explode because when you compare apples to apples, uh, to me at that same price point with all those other amps, it was no, there was no competition. The amp was just a, a monster. Um, 
So I just, I just made it very clear to everybody, you know, that I want this to be an affordable, affordable amp. That sounds like a $4,000 amplifier. And that's exactly what, when I talked to Sam Ash, um, at, at NAM, he came over and he said exactly that. He's like, this sounds like a boutique high end guitar amplifier. It's, and that's when he came over, I was sitting there, I was actually playing on the amp and behind me comes this arm with the best in show um, tag right on the amplifier. And it blew my mind. It was, uh, you know, cause there's 75, there was like 75 or 7,600 products at the show that year. And, um, to get one of those best in the shows was just, uh, in the gear world was, that's the, that's like winning the Grammy, you know, it's, right. it's it was, it was amazing. Cause I'm the biggest amp. Like I said, I'm an amp nerd. So to get that, to get that was, uh, it was massive for me. We only have you for a couple more minutes, and I don't want to not talk about the new album since it just came out, Marching in yeah. Time. The thing I noticed on the album right away, you're singing a little lower, which is cool. Yeah. As far as singing lower, that has 100% to do with Frank Sinatra. I love Sinatra, and I've spent a lot of time um, uh, dissecting what he does and how he sings and practicing it, and just because I love I love the way he sings. And uh my voice is well more suited for, for singing Frank Sinatra songs than it is singing these rock songs because it's um, I'm always pushing. I can, I'll, I can sing Frank Sinatra all day long and not hurt my voice. But when I do this stuff, it's all, all of it is, is up at the top of my register. But on this record, I got comfortable with singing in my true voice at certain points where when, when I was younger as a singer, I never wanted to sound like myself. I won't, you know, because nobody wants to hear their voice on a voice recording or anything. It's uh, nobody seems to like the sound of their own voice. Uh, well, a lot of people. I was one of those people, but um, so I'd always try to disguise my voice by pushing it, you know, more than it needed to be pushed. But with this record, um, I like to kind of just settle into who I am, you know, as a singer, and, and I hopefully I, I can settle even more by the next next record. Just be comfortable with your actual voice instead of coloring it too much well it's funny because i always thought you had a beautiful voice in fact the first tremani album when it first came out and i grabbed it uh i was somehow i don't know how uh being a huge alter bridge fan i never caught that you were singing in alter bridge so yeah. when i heard your voice i didn't even take note of that until later i was listening to alter bridge and all of a sudden i go hey that's that's not miles you know yeah, that's yeah. that's mark and i started hearing your voice and then it, I didn't even realize you even sang a song in Alter Bridge. Isn't that funny? Like I, all of a sudden, once I heard your voice, I could hear your voice throughout Alter Bridge. Yeah. And you just assume a guitar player is yeah. in a band because they can't sing. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, you, you know, I'm, I won't name names, but there's a lot of guitar players that have done the singing thing and it just didn't work for them. But, you know, I didn't want to be that. That's one thing, you know, when you come out with a record as a singer, after you've been a guitar player for so long, last thing you want to hear is the people like, dude, stick to your day job, stick to the, stick to the guitar plan. Let, let the other guys sing. So when I didn't hear that after the first record, uh, it was, it made me want to try harder to be like, all right, I can, I can, I can, I'm not getting shot down for this. Let me try to improve what I'm doing. Um, and now, now to me, singing is, is just fun. You know, I don't worry about it. I don't, um, after that had, I was done with that. If there's a karaoke party, I'm the first guy on stage singing. It's not something that I'm, uh, when I play guitar, 
I feel like I have to live up to something. It's something that I, I've always, uh, I've been known as a guitar player for my whole career. And if I have a bad day, I, it's not a good thing. I got to live up to what I've done with the vocals. It's still, a, you know, it's still fresh to people. They're like, oh, well, I didn't know you sang. So it's not something that I have to be worried about. It's something I just have fun with. Um, so singing to me is just a, uh, I never worry about it, you know? And that also, one of the benefits of that you singing is, that also led me to, and I, obviously everybody, uh, to all of a sudden I just started going through Creed albums and Ultra Bridge albums, and I never really saw you, because it's just a guitar player thing, to see guitar players as guitar players. I don't really yeah. sing you. Like, I, I just always assume, like, the singer always writes all the songs, the guitar player figures out a lead and shows up. Yeah, and and I, hate sudden, that, I hate that mentality, because that was one of my main pet peeves through my whole career is I'm a songwriter. I write vocal melodies. I write lyrics. I write vocal parts of my, I like writing vocal melodies more than I like playing guitar. So um, when people just say, Oh yeah, he's a singer. He must have written what he's singing all the time. And it's not true. In a lot of yeah. cases, it's just not true. You know um, I'm not going to say that in all my bands, I wrote all the vocals cause it's not true, but I did write a lot of them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's my favorite thing to do. When the Tremonti albums came out, your first inkling is, okay, he's going to do this side thing. And then when I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, wait a minute. And I'm like, wait a minute. How much did he have to do with the other stuff then? You know what I mean? And you go back and you're like, holy crap. He's, he's like writing all this stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah it's the, the best thing. The most, my favorite thing to do more than, more than singing, more than playing guitar, more than anything is just writing songs, you know, taking something that doesn't exist and making it, materialize into something that means so much to people and means so much to you as, as a writer too. It's, it's, it's a magical thing. Uh, you know, it's music is this, this crazy magical thing on this world and to be able to create it is uh, my biggest thrill in my life. You know, I appreciate it as a fan, obviously all your albums, everything you've done. I kept you a little long, but I, I want to thank you so much for your time. I'm thank super you. stoked for the MT 100. I guarantee you the second it comes out, I'm going to be checking it out. Um, nice. cause I'm already an Archon fan. I'm already an MT15 fan. I can imagine. And I tend to buy a lot of the amps that I just hear you mention uh, yeah. about. I'm like, Oh, what's he mentioning now? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to, you're going to, if you like all this, all those amps, you're going to absolutely love the MT100. It's, uh, every time, like I said, whenever I have my friends do shootouts and I have all the high gain, badass amplifiers over the years and we do, we go one by one MT100 is the winner every time. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Mark, so much for coming on the Know Your Gear podcast. Um, thank you for the new album, and I hope uh, hope you have a great rest of the year. Awesome. Thank you. You too.